Oh, right on time. 7.15. Oh, tad early. Tad early. <clears throat> All right. Andrew, All right. are we recording? We're recording. We are good. Great. Okay, Andrew, why don't you uh, lead us off with our pod number and... I think we're on 42, but usually I'm one behind. I think um, three, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, we're on episode 42. You're correct. 42. 0 0 0 0 0 42. 42. True, lying, true to lying form. 42. Lying 40. <laughs> no, we're lying 41, hitting 42, I would say. Golf analogy. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> we are here. Why are we here? Well, to discuss Monaco. Above, hit, well, now, thank, okay, thank you. <laughs> wow. oh. oh, that was rhetorical. Got oh it. my god. <laughs> I feel like I have a smoker's voice right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, here to recap Monaco. So, Rob, why don't you lead us off with a glorious recap? I assume you watched? Uh, no, I didn't watch qualifying or the race, but I can give you a good recap. Keep. I'll keep it brief. Um, the qualify qualifying was the show because it's so hard to pass, and the track was getting rapidly faster as they went put down more uh, rubber. Mercedes was, I think they they outqualified all the other teams by about half a second. They were head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, Hamilton got pole, but with a kind of a, a really good last second lap. Botas was actually looking faster all weekend. Uh, Max qualified third, Vettel fourth, Gasly fifth, um, and then I think uh, Magnussen was best of the rest. Leclerc is obviously a name missing. He was down in 16th, down to a Ferrari miscue that we'll discuss later, or 15th. Um, and then the race... <laughs> there was very little passing in the race. Um, I guess <clears throat> Hamilton won, um, and because of a penalty, Vettel came in second, and Botas third, and Max was down in fourth. Uh, best of the rest was my man, Carlos Sainz Jr., in sixth in a McLaren. <laughs> uh, also, good race for Toro Rosso. They came in seventh and eighth. Um, Leclerc had to he was pushing too hard to recover any positions and he had an accident and then he had to retire the car. But uh, I'm going to stop there and we'll dive into deeper topics as we go along. I, I do just want to make a quick comment. We really, I laid out a whole nice agenda. And yeah. Just I was just reviewing the, it. We it's just skipped agenda. the lead of, of reviewing and celebrating the life of Mickey, but let's do that a little later. When we have proper time. I don't want to, Skip through it. Um, I would have said something, but I felt rushed from Rob, so I just I got oh boy, it's all Rob's fault. No. Um, so I, I want to go around the horn here and just talk about: Did everybody? Was it a good race? Was this? I mean, Liberty Media keeps talking about how to make Formula One uh, more accessible, more interesting, and it, I was actually watching with our uh, big fan Chris O'Brien, and he was kind of saying this sport is so inaccessible. It's like, there's so much technology you don't know about. A lot about it is about the car, less about the drivers. And I thought that was an inter interesting point, but I thought we were also talking about Monica where, as Rob said, there's not much passing. And overall, I think 
the announcers did a pretty good job at trying to get you into it and trying to make you, uh, they got me to believe that Verstappen could pass Hamilton any, at any moment. And we'll talk about it, but I think Hamilton was playing that up quite a bit. So I, I, I thought it was, I, I think Monaco is, is really not, it's just there for the glamour. It's not a good race. Well, I, I say as, as a race, it's not the best race um, because of the lack of ability to pass. But it's, it's, I would keep it because, uh, one, it's got like a spectacle. The yachts, the celebrities, the, the money, the glitz, the glamour, the casinos, Baccarat. Um, but also <laughs> it's like qual- qualifying is never as important as it is at Monaco. And that's kind of special. Um, and on the uh, related point, which is about the technology of F1 and the accessibility of te- F1, I don't think that Monaco is part of that problem. Um, I, you know, F1 is what it is. It's a pinnacle of motorsport. Most money spent, hot, best, fast, I should say, most technologically advanced cars. Uh and that's part of the sport. So if you're looking for like great racing, head-to-head racing, there's other other entries. Um, but that's kind of a separate issue than Monaco in my mind. Yeah, I was going to agree. Like the sport is not approachable, I, I don't think. Um, the Netflix series helped that, which was a really good step by the U.S. ownership. Um, and they need to do more. But, you know, you're going to have to really dumb it down if you want – every single you know nascar fan to start to like uh f1 I'm, and that's not a shot at chris o'brien at all uh, i don't not saying that at all but <laughs> i think well, there are some small things that could help like maybe gicky but like have percentages on each driver like oh percent that he will pass whoever or percent that they will finish in this position like i think it is tough to follow like oh here pit strategies and tire strategy at play and you don't see that live like i think something to help with the overall picture would be good um but it's there's a lot going on and it's it, it is tough to kind of pick that up if you only watch one race a year well i wanted to make a point that <clears throat> i think i i think it was wow. martin grundle there <laughs> Did he have his finger up? I had it up for okay. a while, but I got so tired I took it down. Go ahead. Sorry, I missed it. Um, I was gonna I was gonna say that um I, I generally agree. I think everyone made some good points, no doubt. Um this race is unique in that I think a lot of people who don't typically watch tune in for Monaco. We had I was watching with my whole family. I Liz O'Brien and Carolyn Peters were both ready to buy tickets to go to Monaco next year. And try to get try to scheme their way onto a yacht, um, <laughs> and that they've never said that for any of the race. So there's there's an aspect of it that's very intriguing. When you get to the race, I think obviously it lacks a little bit of the passing that we see. But the other thing that John and I were talking about during the race was how um, what's exciting is that the leaders are very close, so no one breaks away. You don't see someone with a twenty second lead. It's all very close, so there's still that they kind of give you that hope that there might be some real excitement at the end, which there was. So I think typically in a lot of these races this year, I've been tuned out for the last like 15, 20 laps. With this one, I was on the edge of my seat for the entire last bit of the race because you thought maybe Lewis was gonna, you know, have a lockup because his wheels were shot. Max would slip by, 
and now my guy Vettel maybe sneaks his way into a first place with with Max's penalty. So I think it is. There are definitely things that are about it that are very exciting. Yeah, I'm just think. I mean, that's a perfect segue to the next topic, which is Hamilton's ending there. But for all this knocking about, like, was it a good race or not? There was drama between Max and and Lewis at the end. And they finished like a second or two apart. And last year, Danny Rick had a en- had an engine problem, and then he finished. Um, with Hamilton breathing down his neck. So we've had good races at Monaco, despite the difficulty in passing. So it's a different kind of drama. It's a different track. I don't think we need 21 Tilkey tracks on the calendar. Yeah. And I, I think you have a point about different variety of different tracks on the calendar. And this one kind of having that special appeal and making um, qualifying super important, but, I, I do want to go back to, I think I kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I think a lot of the drama is manufactured. Um, it, it, wow. I think Hamilton was, so all those guys have radio with their engineers and maybe they're selectively tuning into Hamilton's radios, but you didn't hear any of the other guys like talking to their engineers all the time. Meanwhile, Hamilton's like going out of his way to talk about how difficult his tires are and how much trouble he's having. Yes, he might have been a little uncomfortable with Verstappen breathing down his neck, but I was just reading Ricardo was um, on the same exact medium tires at the pretty much the same time and was doing fine. And at the end, he was able to put in some of his best laps yet. Like it's, you didn't hear Ricardo complaining. He he was fighting in the midfield. I mean, I think it was just Hamilton being, uh, as Julian Palmer said, a little Hollywood. Oof. Wow. Oh, I didn't hear the Jilmer uh, roast. Hamilton. I can't comment on that. I think you're right. There was definitely some gamesmanship by Hamilton, which should, there should be. He, he should be doing that. Um, but I thought it was like, I, I thought it was a super exciting race, to be honest. Like that Max Lewis battle was awesome. And as Andrew said, Andrew was glued the whole time because, you know, Max takes out Lewis, which, you know, he, he has a reputation for being a little erratic although that's changed this year. Um, and I'm sure Rob will, will mention that later on, but um, it really kept everyone in play. I thought it was a really good race. Well, I have to say that, I mean, it is entertainment at the end of the day. So the fact that um, Lewis is kind of making an entertainment, good. Um, the other thing is, I don't, I think Lewis is in such a dominant car that, and he wants his legacy to be the best driver of all time. I think that that's part of what he's doing. So that's, but but it's entertainment, so it's it's fine. I mean, like, I think, are you, um, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, I had a, I was, I was thinking about. Are we going to get into Lewis more? Should we just cover Lewis now? I, I was having a. Some thoughts, some some reflections on Lewis Hamilton today during my run home. And I, I kind of just came to the conclusion that I can't say anything bad about him. I mean, his race was so, I thought it was really, uh, was, was fascinating. I thought he did a great job. And yeah, when you listen to the radio, he sounds a little whiny. But I think it's no different than when, I know you hate other sports analogies, but 
when a boxer is, you know, during the end of a round, he's talking to his corner guy and he's telling, he's got says nothing left. I mean, it's all about, he needs a little motivation and that's just his style. And, you know, he's not thinking about all the people listening to his radio. He's just thinking about, I'm talking to my team and I need a little push here and I'm, I'm nervous, but they're going to push me to, to do it. And at the end of the day, he did it. So yeah, I mean, it, other years I'd be like, he's insufferable. I think at this point, he, uh, he's he's the best driver in the world. He's proven himself time and time again. That's how he rolls. And there's nothing I can say bad about the guy. Yeah, and and those are uh, those are all reasonable points that we could use this as the I mean, best driver in the world as a segue into a later topic. But we'll hold on that in the Indy 500. Um, but I I think you're right. Like all credit due to Lewis Hamilton. He won the race. It was very impressive. Um, I think I I want to save this larger topic for another pod but i think it it got me thinking about the 2021 2021 regulations and kind of what we'd like the sport to be because i I was watching it with people who are not into f1 and they were they were all tense about the verstappen pass and even on lap 30 i'm i'm thinking to myself i think i said it out loud this race is over nobody's passing lewis hamilton and that's really what i was commenting on not so much the fact that hamilton is psyching himself out yeah, for psyching himself up. <clears throat> well, good, good call by you. Called it right there. Um, I I don't know if this is the appropriate time, but I I was uh, I got a, a question, and this came from the um, uh, the Formula One Slack channel that Charlie and I are both a part of. There was an idea, and there's a critique that there's too much emphasis on the front runners. Nothing was really mentioned about the the middle and and, and back of the pack and. You know, maybe there's some room for a split screen technology or a way to um, allow users to kind of pick, you know, what battle they want. I don't know if F1 TV Pro offers that. I think there, you can add any on onboard camera you want, but I don't think you can really decide um, if, like what battle you want. So that could be cool. I don't, I don't know. Wanted to throw that out there. Some uh, new fan feedback. Yeah, I think I think split screen would be a neat idea, <clears throat> quad box type thing, you know. Yeah, quad um, box. I I think for this race, and normally I think most races you'd be like the the middle of the pack would be more exciting. This race was unique in the fact that you had those four guys all really bunched up, and so it was, it's tough to argue to take the camera away from that if if uh, Verstappen is a half a second off of Lewis and might pass him any second. But I think you're right. I think typically for most races, it would be neat to be able to see some of those other battles, which are usually better. I, I suppose the pod should invest in a, a subscription to the Formula One um, app because, uh, to your point, John, I think you can follow specific. I think you can follow some team radios and follow cars, specific cars. So that would be pretty cool. But obviously, the the video feed. Sky, I don't believe even has any choice over that. I think the F1 like production crews to- decide totally what's being shown broadcast. So, um, yeah, that quad box, te- quad box technology is out there. You listening, Formula One? Yeah, we. I was actually just talking to Carolyn about what's in the F1 kitty, and she recently she's been using this thing called John. What was that thing she uses? Oh, uh, Ebates. Ebates. So she's got some cash in the PayPal account. So if we want to dip awesome. back into that, go back to the well. <laughs> that's that's excellent, always excellent. an option. And she she assured me, uh, it's kind of silly on her to admit this, that she has not taken any of the money out of that account. So 
are. I love that Carolyn's our angel investor. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, I guess segue into let's do a, some. We don't have to cover every single team, but let's do some team by team rundowns. Um, I'm, I'd like to talk about Red Bull and Verstappen's release at some point, but does anybody want to tackle some of the midfield updates? I thought Toro Rosso had a great race. Uh, Rob's McLaren team obviously had at least one good result. Uh, Rob, why don't you take it away? You're on, You're mute, on mute, Rob. Yeah, so I was on mute to save you and our listeners from the screaming zoo I live in. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> let's start with the top, McLaren. And by top, I mean best of the rest. Um, they ran a very strategic race using Norris to block a lot of competitors to give signs a clear area to pit into. It was the ultimate in team racing, and it resulted in the sixth place best of the rest designation for McLaren. Um, I'll have to, I, I will acknowledge, but have to let somebody else speak to Toro Rosa's very impressive performance with Kafid in seventh and uh, Albin in eighth. I think I've got that right. And how they managed that, but it looked like they had good pace on this track. And that's, and they're the sister sister car to, to Red Bull, so not entirely surprising. Um, i got to say, a little bit disappointing from Haas. Magnussen qualifying be- as best of the rest, um, but losing it, uh, he and Ricardo pitted and then got held up by Norris, McLaren, strategy. So kind of understandable there, but what happened with Grosjean? Where was he all weekend? Um, the Haas... The Haas just does not seem to be good on Sundays. Um, R- Ricardo qualified very well. Again, just got held up by Nora. So, not sure what, not yeah, not sure what to think about Renault. I'll, Renault so just, needs to be thrown in there for with Ferrari as some of the worst technicians and strategy folks. They are botching these races like nobody's business. Oh, the uh, French aren't good tacticians. You're kidding. <laughs> And then I'll I'll have to say like a, a race to forget for for Force India, um, and Force India. oh sorry Racing Point, um, and then I'm gonna give a shout out to Robert Kubica who a lot of people were saying this is gonna be the hardest race for him because of the very kind of acute steering angles and he wasn't gonna have the arm strength to do that because he has such a damaged arm. Um, <laughs> But he was doing better than his teammate, so um, and he's made some. So, little shout out. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, Giovinazzi looked like a rookie, um, and there's been some rumors in the paddock, and maybe Andrew can speak to this about Vettel retiring at the end of the year, and Giovinazzi is not. Um, looking good enough to be Vettel's replacement. I don't know who Ferrari would re- would pr- promote. Danny Rick. So that's what I've got to say about the midfield. Um, I, I uh, pray to God that Giovinazzi does not repeat the place of Bastian Vettel. I think you've done a great disservice to young George Russell. You're calling oh. out Rizza for his tremendous results and – uh, he finished 18th, so not dead last. So I guess, yeah, great. But George Russell Russell finished 15th ahead of both Alfa Romeos and the Racing Point, which I think is pretty damn good for the Williams uh, car at this point. But Kubica was taken out by Giovinazzi. 
And I think it was ahead of Russell at that point. Check qualifying, please. All right, I will. Um, I agree with I, Charlie. Everyone was praising Russell, so I don't know. Russell had a good race. Um, his timing was good too. At some point, I know Hamilton was going on slow, going slowly on purpose, but at times he was going faster than um, Hamilton, which is uh, it's good. It's good for the sport. Yeah, uh, I do want to. Okay. I, I mean, Hamilton was he, Hamilton knew he was on the wrong tires and was going very slow. The the lap times I don't think are indicative of, of how fast you are. It's impossible I'll to pass. By Kubica, so All right. I'm not sure what stats you have. I have no um, idea what I'm talking about. I, I do want to go back to McLaren for a second. Where do you see? I want to talk futures with for them for a bit. Where do you see them going with their two drivers? Um, because I think Science is the better driver right now, but I think Norris is the future, and I, I, I don't. I might want to start prioritizing things for one of them if I'm McLaren. Thoughts? Uh, I think it's early in. Norris is young enough that he was willing to sacrifice his points for the points of McLaren, and now McLaren is almost twice as many points, or more than twice as many points, as there as fifth place. Um, I think this season you just prioritize points for the team development of the car when when there are podiums then you can start worrying about prioritizing one driver over the other i think neither driver has so much ego that they think they're entitled to that let's not put the cart before the horse okay um and i do want to talk about red bull quickly Obviously, Verstappen got the five-second penalty for the unsafe release. Uh, um, one point I wanted to talk about was unsafe needed to get the penalty, but I thought the actually, lenient penalty was was good because there was absolute mayhem in the pits, and I'm not sure everybody kind of knew what was going on and and had the awareness. Yeah, probably not a no excuse got the penalty, but the glad is lenient. Um, but the Sky Sports announcers did kind of rip it apart later when was it Grosjean got a 10-second penalty for going over the pit line, and they are kind of saying, well, one's really dangerous and going to cause a crash. The other is a minor mistake, and that got the worst penalty. So um, I needed calling out, stop and got by with, a, with an easy penalty there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Red Bull deserved way heavier penalty than that i mean yeah it was crazy yeah i don't know how they i'd like to know how they feel confident in releasing him because that's just it's absolute mayhem but um they should have gotten i think the the original penalty that everyone thought would be a five second um drive through um which seemed more appropriate but uh yeah he, he got a very light slap on the wrist which um, i'm happy for but they should have deserved more probably it sounded like they were talking about some sort of light system in the pits so that it would light up if you if it's an unsafe release and you're supposed to be watching that. But when we're talking about these pits that are 2.7 seconds or 2.4 seconds long, I don't know how you're monitoring this light and then like also making yeah. sure your leg's not going to get run over by a car. So I'm not sure that system works. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, um, and then Andrew, uh, pretty good result for... Vettel this weekend, all things told. Uh, yeah. So let's get our bi-weekly Ferrari uh, emotional update. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> um, 
good good segue. I was just reading up a little bit about some of the rumors that Rob was alluding to. Uh, I would say very very positive outcome for my man Seb. Um, a second place finish, I think best of the year for him. And although he kind of lucked into it with the with the penalty, but still he was he was a solid solid weekend. Uh, Leclerc, wow, where do we start? What a disaster. Um, qualifying was an absolute disaster. I'm reading rumors now, after I was looking into the... The rumors are that Vettel might retire at the end of the year. Also rumors that Leclerc and Ferrari are at a breaking point. And then... No. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That his management and Ferrari management are at an absolute breaking point over this last miscue. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're Leclerc and potentially Vettel's going to retire, you're going to be the number one guy on Ferrari. I, I say you try to salvage that relationship as best you can, and you're you're an idiot not to. And if he tries to torpedo that, then he's not the driver that I thought he was. And I don't want him on the team anyway. He can pull <laughs> he can pull a Danny Rick and go to Renault and and, okay, and, and, easy, and easy. chill at number ten every race and just beg that you get into Q three. That's not who I want driving. I mean, I hear rumors that Mercedes is leaving F1 in a couple of years, so I'm not sure that you want to, like, Ferrari's going to stay. So I don't, like, you don't want to ruin your relationship with one of the big teams. You just don't. I totally agree. Um, Yeah, and I think from Leclerc's point, once he got into that, once he started driving, he he said exactly what he was going to do. He was going to take an aggressive stance, go for it. He made a couple good passes, almost had... um, uh, who was it? Hulkenberg passed. You know, so what? I, I mean, I was happy. What he tried, what he could do, and came up short. But whatever. Vettel had a good race. Mm. I'm encouraged. In fact, yeah. Vettel still says they're they're struggling with grip. This race didn't really fix that, but hopefully they're moving in the right direction. We'll see more competition. I would say that I think um, I think Mat- Mat- Matteo Benotto is an absolute squid. Um, he's not, wow. he is not the guy we thought he was and they, they need to change it. So he is, he is terrible. He is worse than Rio than True or false? My God. Okay. I would agree. He is worse. <laughs> and, and, and for the, for the fact that you have one of, one of the best drivers in history, um, Vettel wanting to retire and you have the top second top young driver in Leclerc wanting to leave. It, how can you mess that up? But like, let's, the guy's just a moron. Let's not treat these rumors as fact quite yet. I'm just saying from a, strat- from a strategy point of view, Bonotto <laughs> is absolutely torpedoing the season. Mm. Wow. Wait, what did what you say? Uh, Ferrari's torpedoing the season? From, from a strategy point of view, Bonotto is doing an absolute terrible – he's doing a terrible job. Oh, but not intentionally. So, no, look, no, the, no, bu- not. The, buck stops the, the buck stops at the top. But did he make that call not to send out – like, so, so the computers allegedly said Leclerc was safe. The computers got wrong how quickly the track was improving because of increased rubber. Is Bonotto responsible for that? At the end of the day, yeah, he is responsible for the whole team. But was that his call? Or does somebody else, was that his call? And now it's Bonotto's job to either put that guy on double secret probation or fire him. So suppose, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like what from the way Leclerc was, um, you know, describing it, he was saying to them repeatedly, I don't think it's fast enough. 
we have time. Wow. Send me back out. I mean, so at that point, so, it must be going through Bonotto. And eventually a decision was made by him to say, no, I trust the numbers. Don't send them back out. So, yeah. Okay, yeah there's a little bit of speculation that ultimately a decision was made by him, which you just slid in there. It must have that. been. It must have been. And and the reason why they didn't want to send him back out there was not because like they're trying to save fuel to be cheap or something. It's because they wanted to save a set of tires soft qualifying tires so you could do extra runs in q2 or q3 that other people wouldn't be able to do so it was a strategic call they got it wrong but they get it wrong but every it's not, like, race. it wasn't uh, yeah, no, one's, no, no, one's, no one's calling Bonotto ferrari strategic in, geniuses he was in the computer Bonotto. <laughs> now um they they messed up rob i mean yeah hindsight's 2020 sure but and, you know, they got it right with Vettel, right? I mean, I don't know. They they and, make a strategic error they, every single race. Almost didn't get it right with Vettel. Vettel started his Q1 lap with, like, barely any time to go. He crossed the start-finish line to start his final lap. He almost missed it and would have also been out of Q. <laughs> like Vettel's the guy so who pushed, only, he pushed Leclerc out of Q. He's the one yeah. who eliminated Leclerc. Yeah. Wow. Well, like, I guess that's right. So if Vettel had, if Vettel had missed his qualifying f- by incompetence, then the Ferrari would have been the beneficiary because yeah. so Leclerc so, would have so, stayed yeah. in. So then would have would their strategy have been good because Leclerc got through because <laughs> Vettel didn't get across? No. What uh, what, what computer program are they using? They need a new program. Excel, I think. Program. It, it was it was designed in the Renaissance. That's when it was designed. <laughs> Probably an Oracle yeah. product. Da Vinci. Yeah, Da Vinci. Wow. Don't. Da Vinci would have come up with a better program. If Da Vinci was alive, he he is turning in his grave right now, and he was very disappointed in this. He's a Ferrari guy. Well, just because he's Italian, absolutely. I I picture as him as him as a big Gunther Steiner fan. So he's a hot guy. <laughs> no, Gunther? no, no. All right, look, I can sense people getting a little hot under the collar about yeah. updates. About yeah, yeah, let's move on to like wait, wait, personal wait, wait. updates before we get into that. Um, I just want to deal a little bit more in rumor here. <laughs> Are people noticing that Winnie Harlow, the the model, shows up at almost every F one race? Sure. Is this Hamilton's girlfriend? Well, that's what I'm saying. Who is she dating on the grid? So, no, I, so I was just looking at a fantastic photo of Winnie Harlow, Odell Beckham Jr., and Salt Bay. What a trio! Oh, that is Salt Bay. Oh. <laughs> He's the guy who seasons the meat like this with the salt. <laughs> That's a great I've never Instagram. seen this guy. You see a big celeb? Oh, how do you spell? Oh, bay, oh yes, dude. I see him now. Okay, do you hear Rob? How do you spell? He's got restaurants all over the world. B-A-U. He's got a terrific look. Oh, the the tur- the Turkish butcher chef yeah, and yeah, restaurateur. Salt Bay, new Suret. Watch his Instagram. It's just mesmerizing the way he cuts You're willing- the meat. The way he cuts the meat. So, question: Does the does the seasoning trickle down his <laughs> yes, arm? and, it, and it, 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 it hits oh off gosh. his low, it hits off his elbow onto the meat. What are the benefits of that? Should I be doing that at home? Yes, yes, yeah. If you want to, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna Put be seasoning everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we can get back to life. Okay, that looks Thank like you. Johnny Depp. He does. He looks a lot like Johnny Depp. Yeah, I thought I, I, I had to Google what Salt Bay and Monaco because I thought it might be Johnny Depp. <laughs> all right um rob go first all right uh today i got my car inspected that was exciting <laughs> failed it 
Um, we've got a move date settled, set oh, June nap. June twenty sixth. We're uh, moving to Newton. Um, let's see. Wow. Do you have the movers? Yeah, do you have movers? Uh, getting, I'm still in the process of getting quotes. Uh, Gentle Giant came in with the highest quote, and uh, Precision Moving came in a little bit lower. Um, so we, we need a crane to get some things out of this place because we're on the third floor Ooh. with twisty stairs. The crane's surprisingly not expensive. Yeah, how, um, how much? Over a thousand? Couple, no, a couple hundred. Don't you need oh, a, poli really? a police detail? Nah. Oh, I think you probably on a did. side street. No, you don't. No, you don't. Side street. Uh, um, take up an entire uh, street. Two hundred. Yeah, oh. but the, on the middle yeah. of a day on a Wednesday, okay. <laughs> whatever. I'm reporting. I'm reporting this three one one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, my move yeah. date is July fourteenth. Nope, sorry on sorry on record. Oh, no, it's on record. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what date is actually? July seventh, twenty sixth. June. No. June. Um, Annie and I are doing a trail half marathon in two weeks when you guys are going to be up in Montreal. So we're training mm -hmm. tremendously for that. We did a uh, six-mile run with the kids this evening. And, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have to wrap up this podcast in the, the next 10 or 15 minutes because my Bruins are playing game two of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Must win game. <laughs> I'm training also for my trip to Montreal. I have to drive six hours or so. So it's kind of like what you're doing. Mm. Um, I guess I'll just hop into my life, life updates. Um, recently took a spill. Charlie and I have both some, some tough injuries for us. I'm sure he'll get into his um, and go off on the hospital system. I am recovering nicely. <laughs> broke my hand. Took a spill running, but everything's good. No surgery needed. Removable splint. Perfect. Um, this weekend or this past weekend spent a nice Memorial Day down in Cranberry Pam and Dave um, John, Carolyn, Liz were all there Katie joined us for an evening that was great and we got to see the parade so very very nice weekend with the family Lovely. and we watched we watched the Grand Prix a lot of questions were asked people were very intrigued um, and then this upcoming weekend I am heading to the dirt what is it? City of Sin, Las Vegas, for a work trip. So that should be fun. Very nice. I can go. Um, like very similar update to Andrew, although I didn't break my hand. Uh, I can still compete in our many intramural sports. Um, what have I done recently? I got fitted for a new golf driver this evening. It was an exhausting experience. Honestly, one of the more grueling uh, events I've ever taken place in. I know Rob's training for a little run through the woods. Try getting fitted for a, a new driver. Um, that's that's true stamina. This is uh, that snowflake culture at its finest. How dare you? Um, what else? Not too much else, actually. Everything's good. Um, you know, I'm going. I, I was in New Jersey. Great trip. Sat in the back of the Copley the whole way down. It was like five hours, and he was on my lap pretty much the whole time because he doesn't like cars. 
Um, no new pictures of my upcoming pup yet. That those should be coming out this week. Maybe I'll update um, next time with that. Uh, that's still set for the seventh. And uh, this weekend we have a little bar crawl, bar crawl, brewery crawl um, on Saturday, and then Sunday uh, basketball game, which I'll be carrying the team on that because Charlie and Andrew are injured. Oh yeah. Oh, and, so, and uh, oh, what, sorry. One more thing. The uh, topic, uh, the new topic. Um, our friend, whose name starts with a T, he gambles on F one. Uh, I he didn't gamble this past week, and I don't believe he was he was busy, so he did not lose money. That is too bad, T. Because if you rewind to podcast forty two, yeah. I said whatever it was. I said put. Every cent you own on Lewis Hamilton. You did. Yep. You said put, get a double mortgage. No, I yep. said I said take out a second Refining. home equity land. Yeah. Just to whatever hedge you on Botas, but I said put every cent you own on Hamilton. You do that See, yourself. You would be a rich man or a woman. He was feeling very <laughs> down on himself about or, that. Or um, <laughs> <laughs> We're gender neutral on this podcast, so please. Yeah, whatever you they, they would they be would, very rich. Yeah. Whatever you call yourself today, you would have been that. So, good for you. Think long and hard about that, T. So, my luck updates. It's been alluded to, yes, I have a leg fracture in the right fibula. I sustained it playing basketball, as John said. Guy ran into me, and I went down like someone shot me with a sniper rifle. Uh, Very (laughs) painful, very, very painful at first, um, but I was able to walk on it. Over the rest of the weekend, happened on Thursday. Over the rest of the weekend, just felt like a bad bruise. So, ran a five miler on it, played some more basketball, ran to volleyball, played some volleyball. And then <laughs> over the course of the week, it's just starting to ache constantly. So, Friday, I finally got an x ray. It was a fracture. Um, I went to urgent care for that. They didn't really give me good advice. Um, so, kind of hurt all weekend. Going to see the orthopedist tomorrow morning so i should know more whether i should not be walking on it or i need to cast or anything i don't think so though hoping it's pretty minor um upcoming weekend oh yeah so there i'm i'm probably out for softball volleyball basketball all the fun activities we do maybe the ms ride it's all in jeopardy Oh, um, when is the MS ride? Get out of here. It's in a month. End of June. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, speaking of long things to take. All right, I'll, I'm going to ask the doctor specifically. I'll let you know what he takes. So, what he says. Well, he might be um, a snowflake, too. No, he's he's a good, good doc. Um, upcoming weekend, I'm going to Portland with Becky. Just a nice weekend away. I'm sure we'll hit up a lot of the breweries. And then, yeah, two weekends from now, end up Canada for the Grand Prix, which uh, I just got really excited about at the beginning of this pod. So that's going to be terrific. Well, that's not in jeopardy <laughs> as well. I don't appreciate this sarcasm. <laughs> well, it's not because we don't have to walk two miles to our seats this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. It would be great if we can get me a wheelchair, though. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, make a wish for Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis oh, yeah. will sign my cast. Yeah, I really want to meet Danny Confiat for my, my make a wish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, next race is Canada. Um, 
a great track. I feel like it's a nice mix of passable corners, but also it, it's it's a power track, I'd say. It's known so, as a power track. Um, we're Fatty. probably looking at another Mercedes win. There really aren't any sweeping turns on Canada. It's a well, lot of... the hairline. Uh, the, oh. Sorry, hairline. I'm thinking fracture still. There's the hairpin. Yeah, there are turns. Uh, but it's That's a passable corner. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not passable. I'm saying they're not sweeping. No. It's, it is considered almost a street circuit because yeah. of the tight chicane-like corners and hair. It's a sweet course. You got to look out for groundhogs, too, or hedgehogs, whatever they are. Groundhogs. Hey, Rob, Ground. Rob, wink, wink. We won't get you any merchandise. Yeah. Wink, Perfect. Wink. Yeah. Don't don't give us any ideas. We wouldn't want to buy you a shirt. I hope those uh, Red Bull shoes are finally in stock this year. I'm gonna pop <laughs> on them. The Pumas. I'm looking at give you Fer- wings. I'm looking at some Ferrari red pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hanging out with either of you two if Charlie's wearing Pumas and Andrew's Ferrari red pants. Terrible. Just super tight leather red pants. <laughs> Try and get Scott some Vertronis gear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Can't uh, wait. Good stuff. Yeah. Probably a Mercedes win, but I'm hoping it's a surprise. Wouldn't that be nice? Send us a selfie on the top of the mountain, Rob. Okay. Well, go Bruins. Is it, I hope game everyone two. is um, training their taste buds for the, for I've the race. I've been pounding you know? it with IPAs. Just <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. We'll still need a couple of zins, though. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> All right, boys. See ya. Later. Ciao. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have a lot of commentary on uh, Indy 500. Oh, oh is Andrew, uh, is I'm Andrew back. I'm back. I'm back. Are we recording? Oh, yes, we're recording. <laughs> oh, oh, amazing. Good. A little uh, postscript. <laughs> I wanted to just... I didn't watch the Indy 500 live, but I consumed a lot of <laughs> a lot of media on it. <laughs> both video and written. And a couple things I wanted to note. One, they are going so fast all the time in that race. And two is there is a lot more demonstration of like losing the car. For instance, Marcus Erickson, formerly of F1 was coming into the pit lane and he just braked too hard. And all of a sudden, instead of just like locking up a wheel and skidding straight, his car just started swerving and he smashed into a wall and his race was, done um and then needless to say that there are all the crashes into the walls um it does seem like a sweet event that we should and it really has and and you got to see kind of there was so much talk about momentum and you could see drivers like lifting off because they were trying to give themselves room to plan a pass four corners in the future um there's a lot to be said for that race and i think uh it made me think about getting it is kind of more of a spec series it is definitely more of a spec series than formula one and it really had me thinking there's a lot of there's a lot that's attractive about this um you know what else we didn't do is our proper tribute to Nicky Lauda. i think we need a special episode here 43 to talk about just Nicky Lauda and the 2021 regulations like yeah, maybe we do maybe we do that over the summer break, huh? Why don't the three? I mean, that, that's the, a long the, ass way away. The folks that are here, just a quick tribute, you know. So John is not here. So Charlie, Rob, and I, we all on the record, you know, <laughs> hats off to Nikki. Are paying our respects. I literally just took, I literally just took my hat off to Nikki. Um, if you haven't watched Rush, I get I I urge you to 
turn off the bachelorette put down your book you nerd find rush go watch it because that's a good <laughs> that's a good I, movie i think it's available netflix dvd but probably not <laughs> on any other way <laughs> but i'm glad the three of us i'm glad the three of us all said yeah. shout out to nikki yes all right all right all right good night guys go bruins see ya